welcome to Career Caffeine, the weekly podcast for women who feel stuck, burned out, overwhelmed, or just need a little boost of inspiration in their careers. I'm your host, Angela. I'm a professional career mindset coach, corporate dropout, and dog lover. Every Wednesday, I'll release a brand new episode and invite you to grab a cup of coffee or your favorite bevy of choice and listen in where I'll share a little career wisdom, inspiration, advice, and real talk from my own career experiences as a district manager for more than 20 years working for world-class retail brands and as a career mindset coach where I help women just like you who are on the career hamster wheel and are looking for a change. I'll have topics that are like the coffee chats that you have with your work bestie when you need someone to talk to, and I'll have some occasional guests who will also offer tips and strategies to help you to get unstuck so that you can begin to move forward with your goals, dreams, and career aspirations. If you're interested in learning more about coaching and how I can help you to achieve your career goals, check out my website, AngelaKnightCoaching.com, or drop me an email at Angela at AngelaKnightCoaching.com and follow me here on the Career Caffeine Podcast for free on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere your favorite podcasts are found. Welcome to episode number seven how to use your intuition and intention to achieve your goals. I'm your host and career mindset coach, Angela. And I am so excited to have our guest speaker on today, Jennifer Schwartz, who she's a life and professional coach that helps passionate high achievers realign to their drive and their truest desires. She has a really unique approach about how she supports her clients and I am so excited to be able to introduce you guys to her today. I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. So Jennifer, if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners a little bit more about your practice, a little bit more about um, your, your coaching and how you help your clients. Absolutely. Um, Hello, everyone. I'm really excited to be here and in this conversation. Thank you, Angela, for having me. Um, yeah, so I I work with my clients, you know, passionate high achievers, like you said, um, and I help people really tap into their intuition and embody the sacred in their lives and transform their lives and their careers. Um, that's kind of what I do in in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that really speaks to so many of our listeners because every day we have things that we're we're dealing with at work or at home and oftentimes we're thinking about an action plan or a goal or a business strategy but we don't often tap into our intuition to help us to dial into that or to bring that to our consciousness. Yeah, maybe as often as we would, would like, or there's some, you know, really um, great opportunities to do that. Yeah. You know, I find that so many people in the corporate world um, really have had so much success with leading from their head, leading with their thoughts um, and leading with that type of energy. And so 
actually what happens below your neck and in your body um, is super, super telling from, you know, the feelings or the intuition or kind of the little hits that you get that can help actually, you know, almost widen the path or widen the opportunities and help you make totally different decisions that are more mindful, that are more conscious, that are more sacred, and that actually, you know, have more possibilities and are more creative as well. Um, I came from the creative advertising industry. Um, I was in advertising for 15 years as a creative director. Um, And, you know, being in that industry, actually, your job is to be creative. Your job is to actually get out of your head and into a more intuitive space to really help tap into different types of strategies and um, and ideas. Um, but yet it was really hard to kind of access that without knowing some tools and how to actually be creative every single day. Yeah. And I think, like you said, you know, intuition is such a big part of that and being able to tap into it to be more productive and more creative is, is so helpful. So I'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing with us how, you know, what really caused you to, to want to leave the corporate world and to go into coaching? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So like I said, I was an, I was a creative director for 15 years and I had a lot of people's dream job. (laughs) You know, people would say to me, wow, your job is so amazing and so cool. And I was creating commercials and branding and website for some really amazing big name brands. Um, And while I was a creative director, I, um, I was also, I almost had these two siloed lives. And on the other side, I was um, saying, well, how do I fill up my own cup? And I was learning mindfulness and I was running off to embodiment dance classes and I was going to yoga retreats or things that really helped me see things from a mindful perspective or a conscious kind of way of thinking. Um, and, And for years, there were about five years that I said, oh, wow, I feel really, really aligned in this other part of my life. But, um, but I didn't know how to, what to do with that. So, um, so as I was really like, you know, kind of listening to myself and saying, okay, when do I, do I pivot my career? How do I actually do that? So much fear would always come up. It would say, you have an amazing job. You have a stable job. Why would you ever think of leaving? Um, You know, you have a great team that you're working with and, and all these things that I would just say, okay, I'm going to stay put. Um, You know, and for years, there were about five years where I was really considering, um, oh, how do I really shift my career into something more purposeful, more service-driven? Um, and I really decided, oh, I really want to be a coach. Um, and there was one day where I was working a hundred hour work weeks, no joke. <laughs> um, and I was completely burnt out. I was at the, you know, I was kind of saying that my treadmill was on full, full speed ahead. Um, 
And I had a full on panic attack in a yoga studio and my body was really talking to me, you know, talk about intuition. Um, and after that moment, you know, and during that moment, I said, wow, I really need to shift my own life. You know, I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. Um, and, you know, and so I started to kind of re-navigate into a more, um, mindful, purposeful career for myself to really help other people, um, you know, instead of helping really big brands, um, now I'm helping, um, people and individuals, you know, kind of, um, become who they want to be in this world. So. Absolutely. And, you know, and thank you for sharing that. And when you were sharing the story about being in a yoga studio, I mean, that I have this vision of you being in that space and of all places to have a panic attack. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think when we get to that place, when our body starts to silently and then not so silently speak up, it's when we have a disconnect between our values, our personal values and what we're actually living. Is there something that you can share with us about how you help your clients through um, starting with values, right? Because I think that's so important of how we recognize what they are and when they're off balance and. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point with like when we actually are really clear about where we're going or what we do desire, what we do want, um, it's actually easier to start seeing and start navigating the path there. So, um, what I do with all of my clients is actually we take them back to the very beginning and we start laying a new foundation of where are we now? And we start doing that by creating a values assessment, not for what you, you know, what you want only in your career right now, but what's your holistic life like? And what are your top, you know, we don't limit it to like three values. Like I limit it to, to almost 10 values so that you can have an abundance of, wow, this is who I want to be in all different parts of my life. So that you get to start seeing those and making decisions about your life and your career from a more grounded place. You're almost laying a very strong concrete foundation, um, you know, where there might not have been that before. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think for our listeners out there who might be curious about examples of values, you know, everyone has a different set of what's most important or what's most dear for them. For some, it might be learning. For some, it might be fun. For some, it could be integrity. It could be flexibility. It could be family. There's, you know, almost an endless list of them. But to your point, I think helping to get grounded on what your values are so that you can then, or what the most important ones are, so that you can better identify what might be out of balance uh, that might cause some of those stress or those trigger reactions or when you just, you know, in life, you don't feel quite in your flow or you don't feel quite as connected or when you are um, 
in your purpose, if you will. And, um, you know, I think there is, there's some, some beauty in that. Right. And you shared with me earlier about, um, and I love this example of setting goals versus or setting intentions versus goals. Cause I think that's something that at work, we have goals all the time, right? We have financial goals, metrics, mm-hmm. we have deadlines, we mm-hmm. have goals of all kinds. And what you shared was so beautiful about having intentions and doing it with purpose and not just chasing something that may not be, um, what's the right word I'm looking for, that's not as concrete, but it's an intention and connecting that back to your values as well. As well. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that with, uh, with our listeners? Because I thought that, I mean, that was so, so beautiful what you shared earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. I know we had, we had such a good conversation before this as well. So um, yeah. So intention setting is, is a real like beautiful part of um, part of mindfulness. Um, And one way to do that is there's a few kinds of ways. One is like on a smaller scale and one is on a bigger scale, but it helps you when you set an intention it actually helps you connect to your intuition, to your heart space. Goals actually are more set in the mind. Um, Like you said, it's data, it's analytics, it's how many people do I need to reach out to, to get X number of um, this for that, (laughs) right? So it usually kind of creates um, a different type of energy, if you will. And when you have an intention, it's almost like a yoga practice. You know, it literally is, a, is like a practice. It's not something that's definitive. It's something that you are keeping in your, in your mind, in your heart of, I want to work towards that. So oftentimes um, setting an intention in the morning for how you want your day to go with just one simple word, like making it as simple as possible. So if you're waking up and saying, oh, I need to do this and that and make coffee and then get to this meeting by this time, you know, and you're feeling yourself a little like frantic, um, sometimes feeling into a intention word like ease could be really helpful. Like, oh, I want to create ease or expansion in my day. Um, And so you start to almost put on a new lens for your entire day. And it can be like almost a grounding word. Um, You know, when you start to feel yourself saying, oh, I need to do this or I need to do that. You can say, okay, I'm creating ease. I'm working towards ease today. Um, So that's kind of one way to think of goals versus intentions a little bit differently. I love that. And, you know, and I think, um, some examples of that are, you know, like you said, I mean, I think with ease, just being such a simple, easy one word Mm -hmm. way to remember that and going through that same to do list that you woke up with, but how can you focus on that with ease? And when you recognize yourself to start to get frazzled or frantic or stressed or whatever it is, go back to that intention of, I'm going to approach this with ease, you know, and I think, we all know none of us are perfect. None of us are without flaws. We all have (laughs) our triggers, our stress points, our times when 
you know, whether it's at work or at home and, you know, one more time, like somebody left, you know, the something out on the, you know, from the fridge or whatever it was that you can that again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like dag on it. Like, can't you just yeah. shut the daggone lid on the toilet? You know, right? <laughs> just like something so simple as that, but it, yeah, there's <laughs> power in being able to recognize it. And there's power in being able to recognize what your triggers are. Um, you know, and I think, you know, both of us, we use uh, a tool, it's called an energy leadership index assessment, which is a really fancy way and description of being able to identify what your levels of energy are in any situation or time. Um, I sometimes think of it like a, a pot of soup, and you get to choose with your energy, what ingredients go into that, and how it comes out or how you approach each situation. But I think sometimes just being aware, you know, of what your triggers are and some simple exercises that you can take yourself through puts you back in control, puts you back into that driver's seat. And through that, you're no longer powerless you become in a more powerful state and in control. It doesn't mean you're not going to be triggered or that we're not going to mess up sometimes, but just by having that knowledge and the simple activity of setting intentions can really help through some of that. Absolutely. I love how you said that. I mean, we're human. We're meant to be triggered, (laughs) you know, and especially when you're doing new things um, and getting out of your comfort zone, that's when triggers and fear come up too. So, you know, it can be the lid on the jelly jar being left out, but, or it could also be, oh, wow, I'm doing the hard thing that I've wanted to do for a really long time. And that could trigger someone too. Um, But I love how you mentioned the idea of energy and knowing what type of energy you're coming from. Is it the energy that's actually pulling you down and draining you? Or is it the energy that's almost giving you a little push forward saying, you got this, you can do this. And, you know, even if you don't think you got this, you know, it, you do. (laughs) So, um, I think that that's really, really important. And a a key part of that, um, you know, I've found is that it's really about acceptance. Like it's really about seeing the trigger, seeing and noticing that it's happening, you know, every single time your triggers are your triggers. Um, Not every single person would be annoyed with leaving the lid off, you know, but some people would. So it's really interesting to see, wow, they are very individual to me. Um, And our triggers are, are, are like almost our fault lines to the gold, to the gold mind of what's below. And we get to kind of look at that and say, oh, wow, like almost get curious. Like what is coming up for me? You know, why is this here? And taking a step back and seeing your trigger as somehow, I know this sounds kind of weird, but it serves you somehow, you know, maybe it's a protector or maybe it keeps you in your comfort zone, or maybe it says, you know, you know, don't, don't, um, 
don't grow too quickly. <laughs> so our triggers always have um, pieces in them, information in them that are really potent, that are really insightful for us. Do you agree? I 100% agree. And to your point, I think they're there for our protection. They're there for a purpose and they're there to teach us something as well about ourselves and how we respond to things and that energy that we give off just as much as the energy that we receive. You know, and I think at work, a real life example or some common things that happen that are similar to the examples we were just talking about or when people are interviewing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember being on the other end of that where I would interview people frequently all the time. And I've hired people that have been great (laughs) at the interview process. I mean, it was an Academy Award performance. (laughs) right? And for some reason, the person that I hired wasn't always the same person that showed up to the job. You're like, wait a minute, where's that person that I interviewed? I don't don't know who you are, because this is not the person that you portrayed in your interview. And on the reverse of that, there are some people just like with tests, or interviews, they may be the best or the most qualified person for the job and have been doing it extremely well for a long time. But for some reason, they just have a hard time with communicating, articulating that or selling that, if you will, selling themselves, because maybe one of their triggers is confidence or humility, or maybe they have um, a little bit more humility, you know, than maybe would be beneficial in an interview process. So there's both sides of that. Um, Have you ever seen anything like that as an example or anything that you would be able to share of maybe a time when you helped someone through a process like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, you know, for people who are rising in their career um, and wanting to get to the next level, um, being in an interview process, either within your own company or stepping out of your own company and looking for a new role, that is literally stepping out of your comfort zone. So it's totally, totally normal for those fears to come up. Like we were talking about before, when you're actually stepping out of your comfort zone, you know, I almost like to celebrate those fears with my clients because it's like, woohoo, we're getting to the next level. Um, And you're supposed to have those fears. Um, With one client in particular, she came to me because she's pretty high up at her company. Um, and she said, I am not nailing these interviews. You know, I was passed up, um, several times for a role that I am so capable of. It's not even funny. Like I should just be handed this role. So, you know, when she got some feedback, it was like that you're, you're not appearing as confident and, um, and therefore competent as you are. Um, and so we got into it, you know, we got into the fear, we looked at it head on. We said, what is this about? Um, and really almost took some steps, quote unquote, back to then go forward. Um, you know, I, I think the type of coaching that we probably both do is very similar in that we we address the core, we address the root of the problem. And we, we start looking at the fear, like head in, you know, 
square in the eyes. Um, I think that's the saying. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, it is. And so with, um, with this person, you know, by the end of our few months of working together, um, she had a totally newfound appreciation for what lights her up, her values, her intuition, um, accepting and owning the fear and actually like, you know, dare I say, befriending it (laughs) Um, and having it be part of the conversation. So much so that when the next round of interviews came around, um, she was the top candidate for two positions within her own company. And she got to pick which one she wanted and bring a whole new level of herself and her goals and her desires into this role. Um, And my favorite part about about this is that when I asked her, um, you know, how many people did you consult with which job you should take? You know, one of of the two that she was up for. Um, And this was a type of person that she, she would always kind of say, okay, which one should I do? Almost accessing everyone else. Um, and she said to me, I didn't ask any single person. I knew which job I wanted. I knew it in my body. I knew it wow. in my gut. Yeah. And I was like, that right there is your intuition. That's your body. And that's the deeper work because then you actually can start to lead all of your decisions from that place. And it is so powerful. Oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. And it's like that saying goes, right? Like all the best things in life are on the other side of fear Mm -hmm. and it's there to protect us. But in this example, you know, with your client and had such a beautiful outcome of that, she learned to take that fear or that lack of confidence. And instead of it being her enemy, she turned it into a strength and overcame that relatively quickly enough to where she not only became a top candidate and had you know her job of choice but she also felt confident enough that she didn't need to consult with anyone about it and that's the magic that's the power that's the beauty of into you know intuitive work or being in touch with that because it you know it, if you're listening to to us and it's something that is fairly new in you know, maybe your scope or maybe something you haven't heard of before, I would really encourage you to explore mindfulness, explore intentions, explore the things that Jennifer is talking about today, because it, regardless of whether you've been exposed to anything like that or not, it does have a genuine impact in your everyday life. And, um, you know, kudos to you for helping her to get through that or your client through that. And kudos to her for doing the work because it's it's not always easy and it's uncomfortable. But, you know, again, like the best things happen when you get to the other side of your comfort zone or the other side of fear. Yeah, it is, you know, it is unknown. Sometimes it is uncomfortable and that's the deeper work. You know, there are many, um, there are many ways of kind of 
tapping in today and in the present to be more conscious, to be more intuitive, to be more mindful um, and kind of getting out of that headspace. And then, you know, what you're talking about is really doing the deeper work of really coming and saying to someone, I really do need support. You know, I'm doing some of these things um, and I want to take it to the next level. So both are completely valid, um, you know, especially for someone who's feeling on the cusp of burnout, on the cusp of, you know, what do I do? You know, I put myself on a track of, um, of this certain thing and I've hit all my milestones. I've hit everything, but now I'm looking around and saying, where's the joy? Where's the, where's the good stuff. Right. Um, so it's totally normal to kind of do these, um, if you will, like more everyday moments. And then it's also very worthwhile to take a step back and do the deeper work too. I agree. And, you know, and I want to go back to something you said earlier about asking for permission or intention and putting that out there and asking for support from others mm. and to make it into a, uh, a real life example, you know, every day at work. So maybe if you're someone that is in an environment where you're expected to work as long as it takes to get the project done or the job done and you share with your boss, maybe, you know, I've been working on something really that's important to me and it's important to my family. And one of the commitments that I've made to myself and to my family is to set better boundaries. And one of those boundaries is that Sundays are off limits for work mm -hmm. and what I can do in return for the company is, you know, and explain some of the reasons why, but I think sometimes just by vocalizing it and having the courage to speak up for yourself in a way that's not going to put anybody on the defensive, but it's also going to share your reason why it's you're asking for permission. You're making someone else a partner in your journey. And I think it'll garner respect from your colleagues, your partner at home, your family, your friends, just by setting that intention and just by making that known or by sharing that with them and asking for their support and maybe something specific that they could do to help you in that journey. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. And I don't know anybody that wouldn't be open to that or that wouldn't at least listen, but I think it takes a lot of courage um, you know, to get there and through some of the work that you do, I mean, that's really powerful. It absolutely, it absolutely does take courage. I think that's like, you know, you hit the nail on the head because so many people say, I can't do that. No one's ever done that. You know, no one's ever said to this person, um, I'm taking Sundays to myself or I'm taking this day. Um, and as long as you're doing it with an intention of being insert, being um, at a greater capacity for bringing your full self to work, you know, um, you're going to be at a greater capacity to do better work as well. So, you know, and therefore you're going to create more opportunities at your company. So as long as you're really um, almost creating more flow, um, within yourself. It's in service to you. It's, it's 
helping you be more of a well-rounded person so that you can actually show up on Monday morning saying, let's do this. You know, (laughs) it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And by sharing your intentions or by sharing some of your intentions as goals, I should say, you never know what opportunities might come your way, right? Just by putting that out there. And it doesn't mean that it's disrespectful. It doesn't mean that it's a collaborative opportunity and not, you know, it's a win-win. It doesn't have to be a win-lose. It's just like, you know, negotiating, but it's also about putting your intention out there and sharing that with others and the reason why and how they can help you specifically. And I think that's important to share Yeah, you know, as well. Yeah. I think there's another part about intention that, you know, we've talked about it a few different ways. One, you know, is the smaller everyday intention. Um, another is almost more of like a boundaried intention of how do you bring your fullest self, you know, and kind of restructure your goals into intentions. Um, and then another, another thing that we haven't even touched on yet is, is really like setting your intentions kind of in a larger way. So there was this one, um, this one year, like maybe 10 years ago at this point where I was thinking, oh, I really want to create more beauty and bring beauty into, um, into work. I didn't know how I'd want to create that. I didn't even know why I really had that intention. It was just like, I love beautiful things. And I, I just wanted it to be, um, more of a part of every day. And I shared this with, um, with my boss at the time, with my manager and, um, with, with no thought of, okay, it has to be this, or it has to be that. And she said to me, after I shared it with her, I have the perfect project for you. So, um, and it ended up being a very large furniture company that I, um, that I led for almost a year and a half. Um, and it was one of the kind of biggest growth opportunities for me, um, in my, in my advertising career. So sharing those intentions, setting, setting them really clearly, but then also sharing them, like you said, with the right people who are in that space where they can help kind of leverage that for you, um, especially in the, the corporate world. That's really, really important to do. Yeah. What a powerful example. Oh my gosh. You know, and there's probably people <laughs> listening right now on their way to work or on their way home from work thinking, you know what, I should do that. And whatever that might be, whether it's beauty or mm-hmm. confidence or something that's a value or that's an intention for them. And you just never know. And who knows, you might be able to help someone else out in their journey too, just by sharing that. And yeah gives them the courage to, you know, to speak up too. Yeah. So for someone that might be listening and identifying with some of what we're talking about, could you share maybe a tip or a best practice or something they can start with today as a, as an exercise or something that might help them with intention or maybe when they're triggered, how to turn that into a positive process or something that would be beneficial for them and maybe for those around them, any like yeah. tip or best practice that they could start doing maybe even today? Absolutely. Um, I know a lot of us have heard the term mindful, right? Um, and some people kind of use that as yoga or, or meditation. 
Um, but mindfulness is just being really, really present as well <laughs> and paying full attention to what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Um, so one tip is to kind of take a mindful moment. So this can be done in all different ways. Um, usually when people are transitioning into work or out of work to personal, um, you know, it's really helpful to set a certain amount of time on a timer, let that time just hold space for you and do some really deep breathing. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. Um, maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 30 seconds and just allow, you know, allow yourself to feel, Oh, what do I feel right now? Oh, what do I think right now? Um, and just be really present with those thoughts. Um, another way is if you have less time and you're walking into a meeting to center yourself before you get there. So that literally could be a walking meditation as you're literally entering another space or another room. Um, and, and then there's this other little tool to help create presence um, where you put your thumb and your forefinger together and your thumb and your forefinger on the other hand, and you almost interlock them. Um, and this, I almost have done in so many meetings to just allow myself to focus on that, my fingers touching and allowing it like to help me stay really grounded and almost lock in my energy for myself and allow other people to have their energy. So bringing mindfulness and presence into, um, into the moment. I bet every all of our listeners, including myself, I'm sitting here connecting my thumb and my forefinger, making those little circles. And yep. oh my gosh, and you're right, that is that's that's really effective and something so easy to do. But just bringing it back to your intention, bringing it back to your values, bringing it back to purpose and awareness, and mindfulness is all about that, right? And it's all about how you perceive, how you respond, and awareness and consciousness toward your environment, your situation and your reaction to it and just notice yeah your your physical response, your emotional response, your mental response and other people's responses in the room and almost pretending that you're an outsider looking in, mm -hmm. you know, and when you can start to look at things that way, it it it's also quite interesting too. Yeah. Oh my I mean, gosh. what you're talking about is just, it's slowing down. It's yes. how do we slow down? You know, I talked about how on, in, in the corporate world, I felt like I was on a treadmill running full speed ahead. And this is a way of slowing the pace down. That's really the biggest key to, um, to a lot of this work is just slowing it down so that you can actually really hear your thoughts. You can feel the feelings in your body. And then you have more time and space to actually think, well, what do I want to do or say next? Um, without that kind of added pressure of reacting um, really quickly, you're more responding instead of reacting. Responding versus reacting. I love that. And that when you're responding versus reacting, that puts you back into control, that puts you in the power 
uh, or, you know, gives you back the power of the the situation and decide what you want to do about it. Oh my gosh, Jennifer, I, mean, I could literally talk to you all day. Um, same, same. <laughs> and I'm sure our listeners, you know, would love, 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 you know, perhaps to connect with you or know a little bit more about you. So how could our listeners get in touch with you? Oh, well, um, the best way to get in touch is through my website, jenniferschwartz.coach. Um, they actually had a dot coach, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> I, do too. So I snagged that one up. Um, and the way that I, um, the way that I've been working with people is, um, is actually through a bit more, I kind of touched on this a little bit, but more of a sacred journey. It's actually a, a deepening of doing some of this deeper mindful work, doing some of this deeper intuitive work for almost the single most important thing that if that shifted or if that changed in your life, that it would change the entire course of your life. For some people, that is literally one word or one feeling that they have kind of resisted. Um, and, you know, it could also be like really maximizing the life of where you are right now and how to step into that next chapter. So for every single person that comes to me, it is a different, beautiful adventure. Um, but I work with people in nine month containers. I also do um, six month and three month containers, but thinking about nine months as the gestation period, the time that it really takes to birth something new to birth a new part of yourself. Um, so this is, you know, really exciting thing that, that, um, I've shifted into in my coaching because I've been feeling it. My clients have been asking for it very subtly and, um, and now it's, it's happening. So that's, um, that's something that I want to share. And if you feel called, um, please find me on my website and feel free to reach out and inquire way more. Cause we could definitely talk much more about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. And I, you know, and again, I can't thank you enough. It's been such an honor to have you on this episode today, Jennifer, you thank are you. such a gift and, you know, and I think there is, there's such a need for coaching. And there's such a need for mindful work and such a need for people to slow down and spend time on themselves, right? And be able to shift their consciousness and shift that thinking to impact their everyday life. And it doesn't have to be complex or complicated. It doesn't mean that we're perfect or that we're never going to be triggered again, but I think it comes to acceptance, right? And we get to a point where we acknowledge, we accept it. And like you said earlier, you're, you're back in control, but you take power back in that knowledge and making the decision about what you want to do and how you want to show up, whether it's going to the next meeting or to the next conference call or to the next interview or going home or when you're with your friends or whoever that is, or whatever the situation is, having 
the intention and the knowledge and the awareness and how you want to show up and how you're going to impact yourself, you know, but also others as well. Yeah. Well said. Like I'm, I have many exclamation points to the end of that sentence. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, again, like Jennifer, I mean, it was such an honor to have you on today and I'll be sure to share um, the links on how you can get in touch with Jennifer in today's show notes. So please be sure to check those out. And as always, um, we want to sign off by wishing you a cup full of possibilities. Thanks for listening today. I'm Angela, wishing you a great, great day and happy uh, coffee or your favorite bevy drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Angela. This is a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for being here and thanks for listening.